here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one, eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. A couple of things to start off with. You watch the video of the attack on Paul Pelosi. You see that guy winding up with a hammer, and full body force hits that old man on the top of the head. That is about. As horrific as it gets, other than if we saw the actual head blow. And then he's on the floor. Now we know he lived, but he could have easily died. So that was quite sickening. I don't care what you think of Pelosi. As you know, I'm no fan of hers, but that's not the point, is it? And then we know about the Tyree Nichols video that's coming out in about an hour but that's all we know that it's coming out in about an hour and a lot of people who have seen it are calling it horrific and so we will find out I do not understand why the authorities are releasing it when the sun goes down that seems kind of strange to me it's tougher to keep control that way And um, if it is, as people say, there should be protests. But we don't even know anything. I don't know anything. Do you know anything, Mr. Producer? But we know very basic facts. There's going to have to be a good reason why five big men beat another man to death. And they know the body cameras are on. Right? So they know if they do it, they can't quote-unquote get away with it, right? I don't know. I'm just speculating, and we'll wait. It always pays the way in these matters. But that said, I mean, if you're beating somebody that badly, beating them to death, um, I don't know if all five officers participated in it. I don't know if some were just watching. Who knows? We're going to find out. And so I will 
keep the powder dry until we do. I want to thank the media again for telling people to turn out and be violent by telling people not to turn out and be violent and spend hours and hours and hours and hours on speculation. Why don't they just wait till the video comes out? Because they can't. But uh, I really felt bad for his mother today. What she said is so true of all mothers and, quite frankly, fathers. And apparently his last words, and he wasn't far from his house, he was calling out to his mother, 29 years old. That's a, that's a heartbreaker. Uh, then we have in the state of Israel, we have a Palestinian terrorist who slaughtered seven Israelis who were leaving a synagogue on Shabbat. Because Israelis go to synagogue, as many Jews do, on Friday evening. Shabbat lasts Friday through Saturday. Uh, Ten injured, seven murdered. And they keep bringing this up in the context of the Israelis attacking a terrorist cell in Gaza. Killing ten Palestinians. Or terrorists. And uh, the news just keeps linking the two because the Palestinians keep linking the two. Did the Israelis go into Gaza? Wait for people to come out of a mosque and mow them down? No. They went after a terror cell. And so when the Biden administration and others say we want to de-escalate both sides, I'm like, what are you talking about? Israel's not allowed to hit a terrorist cell? That the Palestinians are free to slaughter innocent civilians? And of course, they do it today. You know what today is? If you watched virtually any major news program, you have no idea. Now, shockingly, shockingly, Joe Scarborough and MSNBC covered this. And Joe Scarborough actually went to Auschwitz. And actually did some journalism. For which he deserves a lot of credit. Maybe somebody else did, but I haven't seen it. This is the 78th anniversary of the... What do we call this, Mr. Producer? Of, of securing Auschwitz and freeing the people who were there. We still don't know the numbers. It was the biggest death camp of them all. It was built in Poland. It was uh, anywhere from 1.3 to 1.7 million people were executed and murdered there. Imagine 1.3 to 1.7. That's 400,000. We can't really account for Um, and they they basically built assembly lines, if you will. They had the most efficient killing machine the world had ever seen. I want to tell you a little story. 
I want to tell you a little story that comes from Time magazine. The men who escaped Auschwitz to try to warn the world. In April 1944, two Jewish prisoners, one of them a teenager, would attempt what until then had been all but impossible to break out of Auschwitz and successfully make their way to freedom. Their motive was to warn the world of the mass slaughter underway in a death camp whose existence was at the time barely known. Incredibly, they got out of Auschwitz, then over 11 days, traveling only at night and with no map or compass, Walter Rosenberg, age 19, and Fred Wetzler, age 25, crossed the mountains, the rivers, the forests of Nazi-occupied Poland until they had reached their home country of Slovakia. There they eventually made contact with the remnant Jewish community and its leadership. Uh, for short, it was called UZ, UZ, the Jewish Council. And over two weeks, hiding in the basement of a home for the elderly in the provincial town of Zelina, they poured out what they knew and what would become the first full account of Auschwitz ever written, one whose impact will be felt for generations. The conversation, part debrief, part interrogation, would last several days. As soon as he heard the men give the outline of their story, the Jewish official understood that this was bigger than him. The Uz's leadership needed to hear this. He telephoned Bratislava to speak to Oskar Kranowski, a chemical engineer by profession who was one of the council's most senior figures. Steiner urged him to come right away. Jews were not allowed to travel by train, but Kranowski wrangled a permit and was in Zelina later the same day. The head of the Jewish council, the 50-year-old lawyer and writer Oskar Newman, joined 24 hours later. The officials, the first task was to establish these two men were who they said they were. It wasn't simple. Renansky had brought with him the records kept by the council of every transport that had left Slovakia for what was then destination unknown. There was a card for every deportee, including their name and photograph. So when Fred and Walter gave the date and point of origin to the transports that had taken them away, the records backed them up. More than that, Fred and Walter were also able to name several of the others who had been jammed into the cattle trucks with them, along with specific individuals who'd arrived in Auschwitz on, on uh, subsequent transports. Each time the names and the dates tallied, and each time the escapees were able to confirm the fate of the people on those lists. With next to no exceptions, they had been executed. Krasnansky found these two young men credible away. They were clearly in a terrible state. Their feet were now misshapen. They were completely exhausted. He could see that they were undernourished and that they had eaten almost no food for weeks. He summoned a doctor. And between them, they decided that the men should stay there in the basement to recover. A couple of beds were brought down. And for all their physical weakness, Krasnansky was struck by the depth and sharpness of each man's memory. It was a thing of wonder. The engineer was determined to get their testimony on record and ensure it would be unimpeachable. With that in mind, he decided to interview the two separately, getting each story down in detail from the beginning, so the evidence of one could not be said to have contaminated or influenced the other. In sessions lasting hours, Kronansky quest asked questions, listened to the answers, and wrote detailed shorthand notes. Whatever emotional reaction he had to what he was hearing, which was, after all, confirmation 
that his community had been methodically slaughtered. He hardly showed it. He kept on asking questions and scribbling down the answers. Walter alternated between speaking very fast as if a torrent and very slowly, deliberately, as if searching for the exact word. And before the formal separate interviews, Fred saw how Walter strained to be strictly factual, like a witness in a courtroom, only for the emotional force of the events. He was describing repeatedly to prove too much. The younger man could not help himself. He seemed to be reliving those events in the telling, every fiber of his tissue and every pore of his skin back in Auschwitz. After an hour, Walter was utterly drained, and he had barely gotten started. For the separate interview, Gronansky ushered him into a room. Now, this is very important because these are the two young men who revealed to much of the world what was taking place. Remember, some of the newspapers were covering it up, like the New York Times. Like the New York Times. Gronansky ushered him into a room, which he locked. It was less a protection against an eruption than a security measure, given the Jewish old people's home of Zelina was now harboring two fugitives from the SS with a Gestapo warrant out for their arrest. There was another reason to keep them in this building day and night for as long as two weeks. If they went out on the street looking like this, they'd be noticed. People might start to talk. Either way, Walter began the conversation by asking for a piece of paper and a pen. He began to draw a map, the distances as close to scale as he could make them. First, he sketched the inner layout of the main camp, Auschwitz I. Then, and, and uh, this was more complicated, he drew Birkenau, or Auschwitz II, with its two sections and multiple subsections, A, B, and C, and so on. He showed where the behemoths of German industry, I.G. Farron, Siemens, Krupp, and the others, had their factories powered by slave labor. He showed where at the far end of Birkenau stood the machinery of mass murder, the four massive crematoria, each one combining a gas chamber and a set of ovens. For 48 hours, whether separately or together, Walter and Fred explained it all. The transports, the selection, during which those chosen to work were marched off while those chosen to die were ferried toward the gas chambers. The tattoos for the living, the ovens for the dead. The two men rattled off the dates and estimated numbers of every batch of Jews that had arrived since the late spring of 1942, right up until the week they had made their escape. They spoke in particular detail about the fate of their fellow Slavic Jews. Kronowski, often joined by Newman, listened to it all, absorbing every word. Newman was a lawyer by training, and it often felt like cross-examination as he pressed and pushed Walter and Fred on every aspect of their evidence. Newman named an old school friend whom he knew to have been on a specific transport, say in September 1943, asking if the pair knew the fate of that group. They would give their answer knowing it would be checked against what they had already said about the same transport nine or ten hours earlier. <clears throat> well, it all annoyed, annoyed Walter that these officials were relying on the... Excuse me. It annoyed some that these officials were relying on the word of two young men who had risked bullets and starvation to make the trek across the border... Why had they not dispatched one of their number to Auschwitz to see firsthand the fate visited upon their fellow Slavic Jews who'd been shipped out of the country? That 75-mile journey was hard and perilous, to be sure no one knew that better than him and Fred Wetzer. And they told her the stories, the bodies, 
the cattle trucks, the shaved heads, the numbers tattooed, color-coded triangles. They talked about the women being separated from their babies. They talked about babies, some holding their mother's hands as they walked into the gas chambers, laughing, having no idea what they faced. They were going to take a shower, the Nazis told them. More when I return. Lupin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. All right. I only have one minute here. I feel... That since this is history, this is posterity, that I need to finish this article for you. I can't do it in one minute. It won't take long. I'll do it after the bottom of the hour. Um, Auschwitz was the, the biggest murder concentration camp of World War II. And uh, that's where the technology was refined when it came to gas chambers and ovens. Before that, they would have these people dig these massive graves and then execute them. And they have found graves with 20, 30,000 mass grave bodies in them. I'll be right back. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. I hope you'll stick with me, folks. I'm about halfway through. There's much more here. The uh, 
78th anniversary of the uh, freeing of the people out of Auschwitz. Perhaps because the job of distillation was done by an engineer overseen by a lawyer rather than by a journalist, the document they were putting together was bald and spare, free of rhetorical fire. It gave the floor to facts rather than passion. It did not declare its most shocking news at the top. On the contrary, the word gas did not appear until page 7. And its core revelation that all but a small number of Jewish deportees to Auschwitz, all but a small number, the rest were all murdered on arrival, did not come till the following page. Even then, that horrific fact was delivered with no oratory or even emphasis. It was all but slipped out as an aside. It came after a list of transports that arrived in the spring of 1942, the last made up of 400 Jewish families from France. The whole convoy consists of about 1,600 individuals, of whom approximately 200 girls and 400 men were admitted to the camp, while the remaining 1,000 persons, women, old people, children, as well as men, were sent without further procedure from the railroad siding directly to the birch forest, and there they were gassed and then burned. From this moment, all, all Jewish convoys were dealt with in the same manner, approximately 10% of the men and 5% of the women were allotted to the camps, and the remaining members were immediately gassed. From there, the report went on to list the transports, each one denoted and committed to memory by the numbers that were allocated to the handful selected for each for work. 800 naturalized French Jews, the remainder of the convoy was as previously described, they, this I'm quoting, gassed. 500 Jews from Holland, the majority German immigrants, the rest of the convoy, about 2,500 persons, gassed. 320 Jews from Slovakia, about 70 girls were transferred to the women's camp. The remainder, some 650 people, gassed. It carried on in that vein, listing every transported group of transports until the prisoner numbers of those selected for work reached 174,000. Sometimes the entry would be terse and factual, offering no more than a place of origin and an estimate of the number of dead, but sometimes the report would offer additional information, even the names of individuals, usually fellow Slovak Jews, who've been selected for work from a particular transport. Let's see here. Not until page 12 that the report described the mechanics of murder. Alongside a drawing presented as a rough ground plan, there was a description of the four crematoria, then an operation of Birkenau in stark, strictly factual sentences. A huge chimney rises from the furnace. Let me start over. A huge chimney rises from the furnace room, around which are grouped nine furnaces, each having four openings. Each opening can take three normal corpses at once, and after an hour and a half, the bodies are completely burned. This corresponds to daily capacity of about 2,000 bodies. Now, what they started to do, ladies and gentlemen is they figured it would be more efficient just to burn people alive in the ovens. Why gas them and then bring their bodies, their corpses, to the ovens? Just shove them in there alive. And that's what happened. Referring to the diagram, the report took care not to leave out what to Walter was the heart of the matter. The centrality of deception in the Nazi method. The unfortunate victims are brought into a hall where they are told to undress. To complete the fiction, they are going to bathe. Each person receives a towel, small piece of soap issued by two men clad in white coats. 
All the key details, details were there from the use of the, of the gas, Zyklon B, deadly gas, how it was dropped through vents in the ceiling, um, and then in removing the bodies. It detailed the typhus wave of August 1942 and the fate of the Czech family camp in March 1944. It explained that the internal administration of Birkenau was carried out by a group of specially selected prisoners and so forth. I'm trying. There we go. They concluded with a list built as a careful estimate of the numbers of Jews gassed in Birkenau between April 1942 and 1944. And as we all know, it continued into 1945 and it actually began before 1942. There were other camps, too. But here's the list. Poland shipped by trucks approximately 300,000. Poland shipped by train approximately 600,000. Holland, approximately 100,000. These are all Jews. Greece, approximately 45,000. France, approximately 150,000. Belgium, approximately 60,000. Germany, approximately 60,000. Yugoslav, Italy, Norway, approximately 50,000. Lithuania, approximately 50,000. All in one camp. Bohemia, Moravia, Austria, approximately 30,000. Slovakia, approximately 30,000. Various camps of foreign Jews in Poland, approximately 300,000. Approximately 1.7 million. Krasnow showed the text of the two men whose words he had taken down verbatim and whose testimonies he had amalgamated. He wanted their approval to release it immediately. Walter read it quickly and could see its flaws. The change in first-person perspective from Fred to him could confuse, and given that the document was not intended solely for Slovak consumption, there was perhaps a disproportionate volume of detail on the fate of the Jews in Slovakia, down to the inclusion of those individual names. But surely the biggest defect was contained in the words that were not there. The final text made no mention of the imminent catastrophe about which Fred and Walter had been so desperate to warn, he did not speak of the urgent threat to the Jews of Hungary. They had certainly discussed it. In the presence of Newman, president of the Jewish Council, the pair had described the construction word they had seen in the camp and relayed the excited SS talk of the imminent arrival of Hungarian salami. And yet in this document, there was not a word about it. What was more, when the final text mentioned the planned extension of the camp, the area known as Mexico, where Walter and Fred had hidden for three days and nights, there was no, no hint that this section was apparently intended to contain a new influx of Hungarian prisoners. On the contrary, the report insisted that the purpose of this extensive planning is not known to us. Why would a document written by two Jews who had escaped for the purpose of alerting Hungary's Jews not to even mention the specific threat to that community. So Walter confronted Karanowski. There had to be an explicit warning in the text, he said, but Karanowski was equally adamant. The credibility of the report depended on it being a record of murders that had already taken place. No prophecies, no forecasts, just the facts. Karanowski was sticking to the promise he had spelled out in the foreword. This document would only be believed if it confined itself to what had happened, eliminating all intimation of what was to come. The talk of Hungarian salami had apparently fallen foul of that standard, classified as speculation and hearsay, and therefore deemed unfit for inclusion. 
But Karnowski was at pains to reassure the escapees that what he had revealed about preparation for the mass murder of Hungarian Jewry would be passed on to the relevant authorities. So Walter had a decision to make. Of course, he wanted the, the warning to Hungary's Jews to be loud and clear. Of course, he, he would have preferred that the report be explicit on the point and much else. But that would have meant a delay. There simply was no time for a rewrite, for correcting errors or retyping pages. Not when every day, every hour counted. Better to get a flawed report out today than a perfect one tomorrow. Walter and Fred signed the approval. But if Walter expected Kronowski and Newman to dash out the door that instance, stuffing reporting to the satchel of a messenger would rush to Budapest as fast as a locomotive could take them. He was to be disappointed the next day, February, Friday, April 28th. The home for the alley became the venue for a secret meeting of the Slovak Jewish leadership. With Newman in the chair, they were in resistance mode. So the rules of illegal work applied. No names were to be used. The two uh, escapees were subjected to a final round of questioning from this group called to defend the report like doctoral students summoned to defend a dissertation. And by the way, the two got annoyed with this. Walter's patience reached its limit. He sprang out of his chair and began to shout. Back there, they are flinging people into the fire at this moment, he said. You need to do something immediately. Fred tried to restrain him, but it was no good. Walter started pointing at individuals around the table, including the lawyer, accusing them of just standing there like pillars of salt. You, 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 you'll all finish up in the gas unless something is done. Fred tried again to calm his young friend. Eventually, Walter's shoulders slumped and he sank back in his chair. After that... Sorry, my eyesight is failing me here. After that, Konansky readied the document for dissemination. He got to work on a translation of the text into a language that would be comprehensive to the greatest number of people. It certainly would not go very far in Slovak. Konansky decided it would be most effective if it were written in German. Meanwhile, there was an equally practical matter to attend to. April was drawing to a close. The Workers' Festival of May Day was looming. That date tended to make the Slavic authorities anxious. They saw May 1 as a potential focus for anti-fascist activity, and so their habit had been to search the few remaining Jewish buildings on the lookout for Judeo-Bolshevik agitators, as they put it. Fred and Walter could hide no longer in the pensioners' home in Zelina. The Slavic Jewish leaders had arranged a safe house for them in the mountains, some 50 miles east of Zelina, in the town of Liptovsky. Walter and Fred were given money to live on and far from precious false papers certifying them as pure Aryans of at least three generations standing. That status would give them complete freedom of movement around Slovakia. If they were on a train or in a restaurant that was raided by police, there would be nothing to fear. These bogus documents were flawless. Naturally, they were not in the name of Alfred Wetzler or Walter Rosenberg. Those men were Jews and the subjects of an international arrest warrant. Instead, the papers verified the identity of the two new men. And it goes on. Walter Rosenberg was no more. Hold on, I missed something here. Rudolf Verber was not an entirely new creation. There had been an influential Czech Catholic priest of that name who had died five years earlier, having built a reputation as an energetic anti-Semite. He proposed a set of measures to secure the exclusion of Jews from Bohemian life but the new Rudai he was to become was not bothered by the association. All that matters was to be free of what to him was the Germanic 
taint of Rosenberg. He wanted to sever every connection with that supposedly civilized nation. The two men reborn as Joseph and Rudai headed for the mountains. Meanwhile, the work of their lives, the Auschwitz report, was about to embark on a journey of its own. It would eventually reach the deaths of Franklin D. Roosevelt, Winston Churchill, and Pope Pius XII. Through a series of extraordinary diplomatic moves, it would lead to the saving of 200,000 Jewish lives. There you have it. But as you're reading part of my new book that I'm working on, Roosevelt limited the number of Jews who could come to the United States. And he worked with the media to cover up what was taking place in Germany including the New York Times. Now, the vast majority listening to this program, you're not Jewish. Maybe you have some Jewish ancestry. Maybe you know some Jews. You're not Jewish. But I know you understand because you listen to this show. This show is not the Jewish three hours. This show is about freedom. You've heard me talk about the Ukrainians in 1932, what Stalin did to those people. You've heard me talk about the Cubans, what Castro did to those people. You've heard me talk about genocides in Africa through my 20 years and all the rest. Mankind can be evil beyond imagination evil beyond imagination that's why all this talk and promotion racism all this talk and promotion of hating the greatest country in the face of the earth that protects every minority race, faith sexuality to try and destroy it is something I will spend my entire life and will continue to spend my entire life fighting. Fighting. That's why I believe we need to build up our military so we don't have to face another Third Reich or Tojo or Mussolini. Or if we do, we can defeat them. You see how China has rounded up people and disappeared them. The Uyghurs, Muslims. You see what their aims are. You see what Iran's aims are for not only our country, the state of Israel. You see what the Palestinian terrorists are seeking to do. We can't be everywhere, but we ought be, but we shouldn't believe we should be nowhere. 78 years ago, Auschwitz, Birkenau were liberated. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? 
They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Let me just accurately tell you what took place in Israel, and then we will move along, was the Israelis sent in undercover um, some of their special forces into the Janine refugee camp. Now, they're only refugee camps, Palestinian refugee camps, because Abbas keeps them in refugee camps. There's no reason for it. And why were they in there? They were looking for a mastermind terrorist. Uh, because they have people who tell them things that are going to take place. And they were undercover. And they were looking for this person of interest. And then they came under attack. Uh, and they fired back from several of these uh, Palestinian operatives and others. Then, uh, overnight, Hamas fired rockets from Gaza into Israel. They were intercepted by Israel's air defenses. And Israel sent some forces, including its jets, to take out some of the Hamas terrorists. And then today, Shabbat, which is, you know, you take a day off every week because God took off the seventh day. So for Jews, it's sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. That's the best way I can explain it. And, um, and they go to synagogue, and as these Jews were leaving synagogue in Jerusalem, uh, they were mowed down by a 21-year-old Palestinian terrorist. Now that terrorist, just so you know, under Biden's policies, Trump had ended this. He, his fa- he was killed uh, when the police showed up, the IDF actually. So, um, under Biden's policy, our tax dollars go to the Palestinian Authority, which is controlled by Abbas, and your money, in part, will be used to provide that terrorist's family with a pension. And he's, their family's going to get a huge pension, because it's based on how many Jews you kill. Donald Trump had eliminated that. Donald Trump had eliminated that. He's also defined the Taylor Force Act. When under a Palestinian attack, an American citizen by the name of Taylor Force was murdered some years ago. All right, we'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. 
Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship, Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. You know, obviously, I haven't seen this video. Uh, But what's interesting is every single person who has seen it with a law enforcement background or directly in law enforcement now has said it's terrible, Mr. Producer. So I suspect that's what it's going to be. And... um, Look, one of the things I think we can say, and I'm just going to speak because I know a lot of people are thinking this. I know a lot of people are thinking this who are black and white and brown and yellow and whatever. A lot of people are thinking this in my business, regardless of politics. But I'll have the guts to say it. If this were black on white, or even more, white on black, I think the reaction would be even more horrific. Don't you, Mr. Producer? It doesn't matter to Tyree, he's dead. It doesn't matter to his family. They have to suffer. There's no question about that. But I think that crossed everybody's mind regardless of race. That's what I suspect. And that's a very bad statement of the situation today. That is assumptions and stereotypes and so forth and so on. And um, we shall see what takes place here. And if this is, uh, you know, they beat this guy to death. I haven't heard that he had a weapon, gunner, a knife, grenade, nothing. I haven't heard any of that. I don't know if all five of these men were involved. I guess we'll find that out, won't we? We have no idea what instigated this, if anything. These aren't five green rookies. Apparently, those are five fairly seasoned cops. Uh, and cops who are sort of doubly, triply trained to deal with really violent criminals. And see, people will project their prejudices. I don't mean on race. I mean on various aspects of the technical nature of these guys. Joe Biden's already decided we should have passed that national law. Uh, I don't know what that, you know, I, I get so sick of this. The idea if we pass laws, those will, we'll just fix things. Politicians, that's all they ever care. Let's pass laws. Let's pass laws. We have a culture issue. What law? What law? To do what? If people are charged with some degree of murder, whomever they are, whomever they are, 
what law would fix this? Either you're going to follow the rules or you aren't. (coughs) Excuse me. Hold on. Now, I'm not going to sit here and speculate. We will wait. We will wait. Big budget debate going on. I hear what the Democrats are saying. It makes me sick to my stomach. About the Republicans in the House. Please do watch Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Follows the big football game that will be out there. Eagles and uh, 49ers. I don't know what time the other one is. Is the other one Saturday, Mr. Bittis? I don't know. They're both on Sunday. Is, is one on when I'm on? Oh, that could be a pain in the neck. May I encourage you to go ahead and turn on your DVR recorders for 8 p.m. Eastern time and you know whatever time in your community? Because the opening statement's important, but so are the guests. My first guest is Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He's in great demand these days, but we cover a ton of topics including the budget, and I approach it a different way, and I hope you'll check it out. And then Leo Terrell, who, as you know, is just terrific. He's, he's actually litigated. He's been a civil rights lawyer. He lived for decades on the left, and he gave it up. He wanted nothing to do with it, and now fights them. So it'll be me, Levin, it'll be McCarthy, It'll be Terrell. So I hope you'll check us out. But this issue of the debt. You have a Senate that passes a massive spending bill of $1.7 trillion when this nation is cratering from debt. They have no idea how they're going to pay for it. None. They don't even know what's in it. Every special interest group in America, all these left-wing think tanks and legal organizations and immigration organizations and all the rest of it, they all have their hand in the public pie. Joe Biden is funding all of his favorite programs and his movements and his policies. And... He wants to spend the money. He didn't read the bill. Nobody ever questions him about what's in the bill. McConnell didn't read the bill. Schumer didn't read the bill. They put staffers together and a couple of senators, and they pulled this thing together. There's over 4,000 earmarks naming bridges after themselves and everything. This This is the Roman Senate. It's the Roman Senate. And it specifically prevented the leveraging of any funds to secure the border. What kind of a country does this? And so they take that massive budget, over 4,000 pages in length. They wait until the Republicans take over the House and dump it in their lap and say... Raise the debt ceiling of the United States taxpayer 
It doesn't matter what we put in here. It doesn't matter how much we spent. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the debt is. It doesn't matter what the interest on the debt is. It doesn't matter what you think it's going to do to your kids or grandkids or generations yet born. Raise the debt ceiling. And the Republicans say, no. Cut the spending. Go back and cut it. And we'll negotiate this with you. Biden says, I'm not cutting anything. Schumer says, we're not cutting anything. You know what McConnell said? Not my problem. After 18 Republicans voted for this, he said, it's not my problem. He made it possible. Not my problem. And yet, it's our problem, the American people. This can't keep going on like this. And the Democrats have a solution. No debt ceiling. So we don't even have to figure out how much we have to raise the debt. Period. Now you hear the White House doing what the White House does. They lie. It's the constant big lie with this administration. All right. Excuse me, folks. I'm watching this video. So Tyree's on the ground. Uh, Let's see. I mean, he can't hurt anybody there. See it, Mr. Producer? Appears to be face down. One cop there, two cops there. All right, one cop starts kicking him. Well, kicked him once. Was he still kind of struggling, although very... In a very minimal way. All right, they use pepper spray. He's on the ground. See what I mean, Rich? He's just kind of on his knees there. He had kicked him in his head, so he's kind of holding his head. Um... They're still spraying pepper spray on him. This is aerial footage of his arrest. Just stick with me, folks. This is live radio. Many people are in their cars, their trucks, and they can't see what I'm watching. Okay, a fourth cop comes in. And... We didn't get to see anymore. But he would look like he was raising his... What do they call these things? Billy clubs? What do they call those things? Billy club? And I didn't see the uh, the rest, so... They're not playing it yet. So, so far... He's kind of down on the ground. Pretty much on his knees, I would say, Rich. Kind of... Um, He's squirming. They spray him with pepper spray. Hold on, here we go. Uh, let's see here. Looks like he's standing up. No? Yeah, he's standing up. They're holding him. Just bear with me, folks. It's not so easy to see. 
there's still a struggle. Looks like, if I had to guess, four cops around them here. Pretty much on the ground. I'm not sure what they're doing there. Doesn't seem to be a lot of activity. Um, I guess one guy's on his back. Think so, Rich? It's hard to tell. We're at a distance. <clears throat> Doesn't look like they're in any danger, the police. Um, they say it's kind of a distance so far. Another cop shows up. And they broke away. So now there's five cops there. When they go back, we'll take another look. They're kind of putting this out in pieces. Um, I guess the worst of it hasn't happened yet. Do you agree, Rich? We think so. We're not 100% sure. Tell you what, I'm going to take a brief break, and I'm going to come right back. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just... 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast. L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smart. Smarter Wireless. Now they're releasing this in pieces, but I got to tell you, what I've seen so far is disgusting me. I mean, we haven't seen enough to see them beat him to death. But it doesn't even seem like they're trying to put handcuffs on this guy. And they just keep spraying him with this pepper spray in the face, and he's trying to rub his face. I mean, this one guy surrounded by four or five big guys. I don't understand. Honestly, I don't understand this. Um, he took a few swipes with the kicking. You saw that, right, Rich? I just want to make sure I'm seeing the same thing. I'm not one of the greatest eyes. And then we see gets up and runs, but not far. And he either falls or they take him down. And they keep spraying him in the face with the pepper spray. Uh, I see him on his back, and I see some cops standing on, over him, and he's taking punches at him, right? Did you see that? Definitely. And at that stage, all they had to do is flip him over. Hold on, let me see. Here we go. It's just... Why aren't they turning him over and putting the handcuffs on him? I don't understand it. That's their goal. And stick with me, please. Stick with me. I'm watching. 
Cameras are moving fast. Now they look like they're tasing them, right? Something. Stick stick with me, folks. I'm trying to make sense out of this. Uh, it's very difficult so far. But there's a lot of activity going on because those are body cameras, right, Rich? Police body cameras. And there, you see where he is? And they just keep spraying him. I mean, he looks like... He's completely docile at that point. Just grab his wrist, grab his arms. There's four or five of you guys and just put the damn handcuffs on him. See what I mean? See that there? You folks in radio, I know a lot of you are watching, but a lot of you aren't in front of a TV. I haven't, you know, there's more to see. Um, I see things that are very upsetting. I don't see anything yet that's horrific. Do you, Rich? It's bad. Don't get me wrong, folks. Don't get me wrong. Uh, And honestly, if that were my son, I'd be furious right now. It almost looks like a gang beatdown, doesn't it? Does it to you too, Rich? Yeah. Seems like there's four or five guys just taking turns here. Um... But I, I'm not aware he has a weapon or he seems completely defenseless to me. Does he not to you? Yeah. Now don't get me wrong. Rich and I are all law enforcement. But if you commit act of violence against your fellow human being, you commit an act of violence against your fellow human being and you need to be held to account. I don't care what you are. So, um, yeah, and I'm watching, watching. 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 Oh, he did hit him. See the cop with the bill? He hit him again. With the billy club. And now now he's running. They're running. Grab him. Folks, it's not like this guy is uh, punching them or he's threatening them. or He just... Oh, see that? See that guy's just beating the hell out of him? Um... Standing over him. I just don't... All right, now we're seeing another piece. Bear with me, folks. I'm doing my best to watch this. See what's gone. Even initially... I guess that's the initial. Where they grab him and pull him out of his car. Wow. Wow. It's very aggressive from the get-go, folks. Very aggressive from the start. People have said that one of the things he said is, what did I do? What did I do? Uh, there's, there's simply no question in my mind that uh, this is too much. Uh, it's too much. That is, this wasn't the kind of force you needed to use on this guy. I'm just telling you, I'm watching and I don't know why they didn't put the cuffs on him. It's three, four, five guys standing around. All right. Anyway, I'll be right back. 
If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. All right. I call it as I see it. If I upset somebody, I can't help you. They pulled this guy out of the car very aggressively. Maybe they were concerned he had a weapon or whatever it was. There were at least three guys and then four guys surrounding him. Somebody pointed out to me, and it's true, I didn't see one of them when handcuffs out. I see this guy basically sitting on the ground or on his knees. He's rubbing his eyes because they keep shooting pepper spray into his face. At that point, I don't know why they didn't grab his hands. and his. Like I said, there were four and at some point five. When he's on the ground, um, maybe he won't roll over. Maybe he's bad-mouthing them, but he's got it kicked once or twice. I saw that. And then a guy comes with a, a baton, I, I understand, and hits him once or twice, maybe three times. There was no need for that. So he's tased, he is sprayed, he's batoned. And they're kind of standing around him and they're not grabbing his hands. I don't see, I mean, I have to admit, the video cam is, is somewhat problematic. But that said, there are moments when it's not. Looks like he got away Watch, but I have to be honest with you, what's crossed my mind the second time he takes off, I think he was afraid they were going to kill him. What do you think, Rich? You think so too, right? I think he ran because he was afraid he would be killed, which it turns out he was. Now, right there, when they take him out of the car, he says, what do I do? He's on his side. They have a taser right on his thigh or his leg. Uh, I don't see anybody with handcuffs out. Do you? I don't see it. Um, I don't see, you know, we don't see what happens after he takes off the second time, which is apparently when, when he was uh, most viciously brutalized. At least that's the allegation. We don't see that yet. I want to keep watching with you for, watching for a moment. He's running down the street. There's obviously police officers behind him. You can see the video. Um, they do get him. And um, like right there, why is he punching the guy? 
and spraying him again. You see what I mean? Who has their handcuffs out, Rich? Do you even see them? I don't either. All right, now they're just looping it. Now, as I say, maybe I'm not seeing this right. I don't have, I'm sure the charging uh, agency probably has slowed it down. Uh, you know, improve the, uh, improve what they're seeing with technology and expanded it and can see every single blow and so forth and so on. What we do not see is what has caused his death. Um, what we've seen right now is quite bad. I don't, I don't, you know, what I don't see is, is uh, death blows yet. Now, you can disagree with me, Rich. Do you agree or not? You feel like this is an, an accumulation? That's possible. Right there, where he's spraying him. The guy's wiping his face. Grab his hands. Why don't they do that? Right there. I mean, these are big guys. They outnumber them. Now, again, I'm going to be honest with you. This, these videos are bad. Unless there's more, though. And don't get me wrong. Treat another human being this way. I don't care what your race are, race is, or whatever you are. Um, but you're not seeing the kind of thing you saw with George Floyd, and there it was right in front of you. You know, with a knee on the back of the head, a back of the neck, rather. That sort of. It's not that. But that said. It's not a walk in the park either. This guy gets a beat down. I don't understand why. It could be that these five officers just lost it, Mr. Producer, and they got annoyed and they got angry that he wasn't doing exactly what he said and so on. But from the moment they yanked him out of that car, that was very aggressive. Now, again, maybe they thought he had, uh, you know, some, uh, what's going on here now? Maybe they thought there was, uh, could be armed and everything, because a lot of officers have died over the course of the last several years, too. So I do understand them protecting themselves. It's what happens thereafter that I don't really comprehend. Well, I mean, you've got to digest this. And what I'm seeing is uh, a lot of unnecessary abuse that this uh, young man is taking. I don't care what he said to the cops. He was unarmed. It was obvious when they got him out of the car, he didn't have any weapons. Uh, they way outnumbered him. They sprayed the hell out of him with pepper spray. I, I understand maybe he was on something. I don't know that either. Uh, <clears throat> they had a stun gun right on his leg when he was on the ground, when they got him out of the car. Uh, there's no need to punch. In fact, Right there, when that one cop is punching him, Mr. Producer, why didn't he pull his arms around his back? Right right there. The guy's covering his head. And I think that's what's upsetting people. And I think that's what these other uh, officers and investigators see, and they're, they're probably saying the same thing I'm saying. Look, I'm just a pedestrian. And I'm a pedestrian who is pro-cop. 
as any cop I've ever known or met will tell you. But this is a little difficult to understand. In fact, it's a lot difficult to understand. Um, Now, the last film I saw, he was running away. Uh, There's more new film that's out. And I'm looking at that now, ladies and gentlemen. Look, I'm doing this live, doing the best we can, given the video in some aspects is very clear and in other aspects is not. Um, I wonder what they're taking pictures of now. It's tough to tell. Um, Let's see here. They're just looping this now, aren't they, Mr. Producer? I guess this is the, uh, the meat of it, the heart of it. Like right there, he's on his, he's on his, right there. I don't, yeah. I mean, the guy is basically, I mean, there's nothing he can do. (coughs) Please excuse me. There's really nothing he can do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service it kicks butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Now, Mr. Producer... Did they have the cuffs on him at some point? Could you tell? I mean, obviously they did at the end, but... So he's bloodied, and is he lying down, or is he sitting next to the car? Sitting next to a car, right? Um, next to the tire, just just sitting... Period. Inactive. So what he may have had, and I don't know what the autopsy or anything else showed, is some severe head injuries, wouldn't you guess? Something like that. Um, now we're seeing video of the cops. Hey, these are big guys. I don't know, folks. I, I, I tend to agree with a lot of the officers who are commenting. In fact, I called somebody I know. A police officer, New Jersey, Danny, my buddy Danny. I don't know if I'm allowed to give out his last name. But he said, you know, you do what you have to do to control the guy, and the cops fought him, but once that happens, that's enough. These guys look pissed. They were angry. And that's why I said earlier, it almost looked like a, a, 
the group of gangsters, not because of their race, because because they looked like they were just, you know, encircling this guy and taking wax at him and shooting spray at him. And um, you're not talking about an undersized cop, to be honest with you, like maybe an undersized woman cop up against some massive guy. Talking about five massive guys, all of whom look bigger than the than Tyree uh, Nichols here, I think, Mr. Producer. Yeah, he's a thin dude. These guys are all muscled up. They're, they're heavy-duty guys. Well, they're going to have a tough defense, I think. We do need to hear everything. I'm not on the jury. I'm just saying. Um, it doesn't look like it was done by the book, that's for sure. I would also say uh, I think the, the part that gets me the most there's two sections of these as a video that gets me the, the one is where he's wiping the spray out of his eyes where right there they could have at least tried to get a handcuff on one hand it looked like he was pretty well down there and he was reacting to that spray the other time was when he kind of now see that i'm just saying why would you put a stun gun on the guy's leg he's on his back there's at least three officers there maybe four why would you do that and look right there do you see them taking out handcuffs i don't even see a pair of handcuffs i'm just being honest folks uh anyway it doesn't make any sense for me to keep repeating myself. Let's take some calls here. Do we have any calls on this subject, Mr. Producer? Go ahead. Take one or two. The great KSFO, Sunnyvale, California, where I lived at one time. Fred, how are you? Hey, Mark. What a pleasure it is and an honor to speak with you, sir. Thank you. I Go mean, ahead. this is. I've been listening to you. For, I've been listening for years. Okay, uh, I'll get to the point. I've been listening to this all day long, and we know what happened in the middle. We know what happened in the end, kind of. What the hell created the situation is what I want to know. No one seems to be talking about that. What did he do? Well, we to- will find out. But let me ask you a question. He didn't have a weapon. So what could he possibly well, have done I, to deserve I, this? That's my point. And I don't care what color you are or what you race what? you are. This is a terrible thing. I said, I don't care what color you are, or what race you are. This is a terrible thing. What the hell did he do to warrant this kind of behavior against him? Look, we don't have more. We'll get more. But based on what I'm just seeing right now, I think these guys got pissed off. That said, uh, I don't see anybody, they keep telling him to give them his arms, give them his wrists. Okay, why don't you go get his wrists? How many times, we've seen cops do this a billion times, right? Grab somebody's arms, wrists, you just watch these shows, cops and everything else, they know how to do it. There's five of them for God's sakes. All right, I totally thank agree you for with your, you, sir, but yeah. again... I, I, what, what caused, what did he do that provoked Everybody's wondering that. Why? You're correct. You're, you're right. What did he do? But he didn't do anything to justify this, because this is not justifiable. This is not justifiable. Feel bad for the guy. God. Looks like a pretty nice neighborhood, too, Mr. Producer. Um, 
nice homes there. Um, I don't know. We'll learn more. We'll learn more. Is that blood on the ground? I wonder if that's blood or oil or mud. I can't tell. We'll learn more as time goes on. Based on what I'm seeing, and just what I'm seeing, uh, without any further explanation, I've given you my opinion that uh, there was no need for this kind of a this kind of a takedown and the subsequent beating. I'll be right back. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in America with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, house plants, much, much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. My wife Julie and I decided it was time to add more flowering trees to our landscape, and Fast Growing Tree was a great resource for us. A large selection and no hassle ordering or shipping. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on selected plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEVIN at checkout. L-E-V-I-N. Now that's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using code LEVIN at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code L-E-V-I-N. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Please visit FastGrowingTrees.com for details. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. You know, folks, I I think I've... Look, I view my job here when something like this happens to, uh, to tell you the truth. There's no ideological issue for me. Um, obviously, there was no race issue here, but uh, this is simply unacceptable. The caller is correct. We don't know why they yanked him out of the car, but we do know this. I've watched it like four times. They yanked him out of the car. He was, looked to me, pretty much on the ground. Um, I didn't see anybody pull their handcuffs out. They had a taser right on his leg. He kept saying, turn on your stomach. He kept saying, I am, I am. You're doing an awful lot to me, something to that effect. He was an extremist. No question about that. Uh, his officers looked like they were, they were taking free shots at him, didn't they, Mr. Producer? With kicks and uh, punches and the billy club and the constant spray in his face. I don't think, uh, I think they lost it. I think at some point they lost it. Now, others are making a point that I think is reasonable. Uh, and my buddy Danny made the point, too. You know, in the old days, you could get a guy down, literally put your knee on their back for leverage, and the uh, perpetrator really can't do anything about it. And then you pull the arms behind. But in many jurisdictions, I don't know if it's Memphis, you're not allowed to do that anymore. I know you're not allowed to do it in New York. 
to resort to these other tools. But that looked well beyond this. I mean, there, there were five guys. Any one of them could have beat the crap out of him. Any one of them. So, um, that's, that's, that's just bad. And I'll tell you, uh, for Biden to say, you know, we needed to pass the legislation, legislation wouldn't have changed a damn thing. Nothing. In other words, at one point, Rich, where it looked like more police cars arrived, there must have been nine or ten cops there, right? Towards the end. And there does seem to be little puddles of blood here and there. Um, but it's the accumulation, I think, of what took place. For all we know, could have had a stroke, could have God knows what. And I feel the last time he got up to run, he figured he was running for his life. I'm just being honest. What was he going to do? Call the police? He may have been running for his life. And then, at one point, he's, he's calling for his mother. For his mother. You know, when you're 29 years old and you're calling for your mother, maybe you're 65, my age, and you're calling for your mother, it's because you think you're going to die. Don't you think, Rich? Now, we have some audio. But let's check it out. Go ahead. Bro, lay down. I'm just trying to go home. Man, if you don't lay down. Bro, I am on the ground. What's on your stomach? I am. Spray. 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 That's the first time he was running away. So, uh, the gentleman who called makes a good point. We don't know what happened up to the point why they stopped him and pulled him out of the car like that. But nothing really justifies what took place. Nothing. Now, not that people are listening to this show who would take to the streets and burn things and hurt cops and so forth and so on. But in the end, this system always seems to work, or at least most of the time. Because those five officers are facing life in prison. And uh, what, what gets me, though, you got five officers, at one point you have more than that. Like my buddy Danny, I know, he would say at some point, he said, that's enough already. It's enough. That's enough. None of them said that. That's enough. We got them. That's enough. But they look like they freaked out to me. That's the way it looks and um, there are those who will try to exploit this. Um, I'm not a fan of this guy Crump, the lawyer. I'm certainly not a fan of this guy Sharpton, the ambulance chasers, the hustlers. I'm not a fan of them at all. They show up when the cameras are there. That they don't show up when the six-year-old is murdered by a drive-by at a McDonald's. 
They don't show up when thousands and thousands are murdered in the streets every single year. They don't show up and they're not hurt. Just say gun control. So I would point that out too. I would discourage the media from trying to whip people up. There's no race issue here, which the media usually like to exploit. And the hustlers too. Which is why I opened the show the way I did, with again an honest thought. But in the end, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know anything about this guy. Tyree Nichols. But there's something about this. Maybe it's his age. Maybe it's the way he said, why are you doing this to me? You heard what the part of the audio was, calling out for his mother. In many ways, it breaks your heart. Those of us who have children. Kind of breaks your heart, really. I think. Um, But, again, we'll get more information. They do have a right to a defense, that's for sure. They have a right to an impartial jury, which is always tough to get in a matter like this. But that's their right. And those rights need to be enforced. And maybe if we're going to look at training, among other things, we need to rethink where officers are told they cannot use, you know, as they used to be able to use. And again, I don't know if that applies to this jurisdiction, Memphis, a knee in the back, which is the way it certainly has been done forever until now. Have somebody in the, I didn't say a knee on the neck. I didn't see a knee on the neck. And I didn't say... And even bringing somebody down by the neck. If you're an officer fighting for your life, I mean, what are you supposed to do? But that said, in a case like this, I mean, as I said earlier in the program, officers have to deal with this across the country hundreds of times a day. And in their careers... Over and over and over again. And when you have the benefit of five officers? Now some of you may think what I'm saying is not fair. But I'm just saying what I'm thinking. And I'm not on the jury. And I'm not making allegations, attacking anybody. I'm telling you what I'm seeing. And uh, what I know to be true. What I know to be true. We have officers in our family. I've had officers in my family. I've told you before. Let me count. One, two, three. Three of my uncles. Actually, they were great uncles. We're in the Philadelphia Police Force. My wife's cousin in the police force in northern Jersey. Her cousin uh, is a detective in uh, in Los Angeles here. Not going to get too specific. So uh, 
Now, Antifa, if I'm reading this Chiron correctly, is on social media telling people to bring a knife and wear black. Antifa, I do not understand how the FBI and the Department of Justice have failed to take down Antifa. Maybe they're too busy chasing trespassers and paraders. This is an organization that is violent, that shoots at cops, that has killed people, that burns down buildings. It's an organization, as best as we can tell. It's like the Weidermannhof gang that used to be running around in Germany. Maybe it still is. It's made up of largely upper middle class, if not wealthy, white revolutionaries. Much like Bill Ayers was in the Weather Underground and Students for a Democratic Action. Um, Marxist revolutionaries. We'll use this occasion. The goal is to create a race war. That's what several, Mark, several Marxists have talked about, trying to create a race war. And uh, Herbert Marcuse is one of them. The Black Panthers were another one. Malcolm X was another one. Louis Farrakhan's another one. It's typically wealthy, white Marxists or not so wealthy black Marxists. But we shall see what happens here. Again, the Chiron is saying uh, bring rocks and pipes and kerosene. Uh, and that's Antifa. And so far, none of that's happened. But these things can get out of control very, very fast. As the crowds get bigger and bigger and bigger and people just encourage them. I would ask the FBI tonight, are you watching social media? Are you watching Antifa? Are you taking names? Are you going to people's homes? Sending out your SWAT teams to take care of business? Are you? Because that's what you're supposed to be doing. These people make their purposes known. And it's time they throw the book at these people. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I think, uh, let me put it to you this way. I wouldn't want to be defense counsel here, would you, Rich? I mean, over and over again, beating this guy, no. I wouldn't want to be defense counsel. Uh, five on one, 1.4 on one, and 1.38 of them. Uh, there is no race defense. Um, and actually, your heart goes out to this guy. My heart goes out to this guy, Tyree Nichols. I mean, if he had some kind of violent criminal record in the past, wouldn't we know it by now? But even if he did, he didn't do anything worth being beaten when he got out of the car. That guy had a taser right on his leg with three other cops around 
the victim. And you could hear what he would say. Get on your stomach. I am. No, you're not. Get on your stomach. And he even says, why are you, why are you doing this? And so, well, Mark, we didn't see what a lot. I don't care. You ask virtually any cop, they will tell you there's protocol. That we get somebody on the ground and so forth and so on. And there's five of them. Five, I mean, how do you justify this? All right, Mr. Producer, I, I couldn't get to the call screen. Do we have anybody else there? KVOR, Colorado Springs in Colorado. Rick, how are you? Good, Mark. Good. Hey, uh, you know, uh, the day that this happened, I saw uh, a video on the, on one of the news stations. I don't know if I should say the one that it Just is. Just tell us what you saw. It was not. Okay, here's, here, here's what I saw. I believe that somebody got this on the phone, on their phone, was videotaping it on the phone. And what I saw was that the officer put that taser gun right in the middle of this guy's chest, and he fired that thing at least a minimum of three, if not four or five more Well, he put it on his leg. That's what we just saw. And he definitely shot it. And he seemed to he seemed to use it a little bit early to me. I don't know. Maybe it was two or three times again. My sight's not perfect. But that said, I don't even know why they did it. I, yeah. I, you got you got four guys around that, and these are big men. You grab them by the shoulders. You grab them by the legs. You turn them over, whether he likes it or not. They're spraying them in the face and everything else. You get a cuff on one hand. I just heard one cop said, "Get it on one hand." And then eventually you get the other. There are police officers listening to this program who listen religiously to this program that have had to do this. And on multiple occasions when they're spraying, one time he's sitting on the ground rubbing the spray out of his eye. Why don't you then tackle him? Put his arms around him. They're standing around him. I don't understand it. I really don't. Isn't the goal to get the hands in cuffs? Then you control the guy. And then some guy's standing on top of him and punching him. Uh, the, second, the first time he runs away, he's basically face down. Why are you punching him? Just grab his arms and put the damn handcuffs on. Look, again, I'm, I'm just a pedestrian here. I'm no expert. I mean, if the guy comes out of the car with a knife, if the guy comes out and tackles a cop, if the guy, he didn't do any of that stuff. And it went on long enough. They knew he wasn't armed. It went on long enough. Here's an unarmed guy. He's already been beaten and tased and sprayed. And they're standing around him. And I'm going, what are you standing around him for? I don't get it. Or maybe I do. All right, brother. Thanks for your call. Who else, Rich? Serious Fairhope, Alabama. Dave, go right ahead. We have one minute. Oh, sorry. Hey, I, yeah, transplant from California there, and the grass is greener. Okay. Uh, you know, I think this this could be uh, just an incident of people that aren't qualified getting jobs. In my 25 years of policeman, many times did we overlook 
if the color of their skin was a certain kind, we would overlook uh, domestic violence, welfare fraud convictions, things of that nature. The standards for hiring minorities was much different than 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 other folks. But aren't the standards lower now, period? I think they are, and I think we're... Regardless of race. Tennessee. Regardless. Both ways, but, but even... And you, and you got a lot of senior guys like you, you want to get the hell out. You don't like being abused, right? Yes, sir. All right, man. We'll be right back. This is Radio Free America on the Mark Levin Show. Call now, 877-381-3811. So we also had the Pelosi, I would say, attempted murder tape on. If that's not attempted murder, I don't know what the hell it is. So this guy has a hammer in his hand. He just plunged it into the skull of Paul Pelosi. He's a big guy, too. The San Francisco officers are at the door. I understand different environment, different circumstances, but still. Within a nanosecond, they had this guy on the ground and they put cuffs on him. And there weren't five of them. Best as I could tell, there were two of them. Had him on the ground, put cuffs on him. When the officer kept telling Tyree Nichols to turn over, turn over, he says, I am, I am. In my view... He was at least three quarters turned over, turned over good enough to get cuffs on at least one of his hands. And I know at least one officer agrees with me because I saw him on TV. There was another opportunity when they'd sprayed him so much. Where he was rubbing his eye. You know, he was stunned. He couldn't see. Just knock him over. Push him over. And then the third time was when the one cop standing over him and just remind me of you know in UFC if you're standing over a guy and you're punching the sides of his face and his ears and he cannot defend himself what do they do Mr. Producer they call an end to the fight immediately or pretty quickly they didn't do that with this kid and not only that there were other cops standing around so I'm sorry my take on this, like it or not. And I think they're done, these guys. I mean, I'm sure there'll be a strong defense, but I think it's over. You know, if you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect your IRA or your 401k with a gold IRA. Now, why Augusta Precious Metals, you ask? What makes them different from the rest? And there's a lot of other ones. Even hire actors and so forth. Well, here's the deal. They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. Have you ever heard of any precious metal company that does that? Now you have. Because there's no pressure. Just facts. We all know the economy is very bad. I mean, uh, the, the price of gasoline where I am right now went up 20 cents. In one day, and it's going to go up higher. And the economy is going lower and interest rates are going higher. It's just, it's a mess. I don't care what Washington says. Retirees have it the worst because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. I want you to think about that. And many of you know what I'm talking about, but, but others. 
You want a fixed income? Let's say it's Social Security and maybe another pension. Oh, you get a cost of living increase. You're not getting a cost of living increase high enough to cover your expenses now. The bill to keep your home warm in the winter. To run your car, to buy your food or your dog food or whatever for the dog. But here's the thing. You can't protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta precious metals. Now, what you can't do is just sit there and let this happen to you. You have to take charge. So if you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please contact my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. There is no risk. There is no pressure. Sign up for their free gold IRA guide at AugustaPreciousMetals.com. That's Augusta with an A on the end of August. AugustaPreciousMetals.com. Or you can text them. Levin to 68592, L-E-V-I-N to 68592. Message and data rates apply. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision. Visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com, and you can see the risk disclosures, and they're very transparent, period. You know, the poor mother of Tyree Nichols said she hadn't seen the tape. Not that she can hear me, but I would discourage her from looking. You don't want to see that happen to your kid. And you don't want to hear your kid yelling out for you either. Mom, mom, mom. He didn't know what to do at that point. He did not know what to do. He was pretty much on his face at the point where he's yelling for his mother. And as I said, and I believe it, the last time he got up to run, I'm sure he felt he was running for his life. I, I, it, you know, Mr. Producer says it seems like they were treating him like a pinata. In other words, they didn't put the cuffs on. They just kept doing this or doing that. I'm not sure. But that's why I said earlier, it seemed like a... Like a gang beatdown or something going on there. Sort of thing. Um, I would just ask the press that try. Do your very best. And I know for the press this is very hard. Act like responsible journalists. Don't incite violence like you did in the summer of 2020 and other times. Don't incite violence over at CNN and MSNBC. Don't incite violence on the Sunday shows. Because we know you're quite capable of it. And the sad truth is that every day in this country, too many people are murdered. Every weekend in this country, particularly in the big cities, too many people are murdered. And that's why we need the cops. And you know what? They do a damn good job. You can't draw any broad brush conclusions from something like this. You you can draw it about these guys, maybe about their unit. I don't know. But certainly not about police all over the country, even all within the uh, Memphis, Tennessee force. You simply can't. And people try to do that on all sides. I didn't say both sides. I said on all sides. 
you have people who either don't know what they're doing or get out of control or commit criminal acts, whether they're plumbers, electricians, lawyers, physicians, actors, broadcasters, whatever. Whatever. But I, I, in some cases, you know, I I try and analyze these things based on pure facts, you know, like cold facts. Just the facts, man. Yet when I hear this guy yelling out for his mother, you think about your own kid. Do you, Mr. Producer? Seriously, you don't have to. You do too, right? Mom, mom, mom. Would that cause you to stop beating somebody? It would me. There's only so much a person can take physically. And apparently the accumulation of hits, particularly around the head. We do not have an autopsy. At least I'm not aware of one. And God forbid, let's say it comes back. He's, he's had coke in his system. or that, And I'm not saying he does. And I do not want to besmirch in the least this, this gentleman. That has nothing to do with it either. He didn't hit anybody, wasn't violent, didn't have any weapons. Something went on. I think these guys, frankly, I'll say it, got pissed off. I think they got ticked off. And uh, he wasn't reacting the way they wanted him to react. You can say, well, he should have done this. And he should, of course. That still does not give you license to do what they did. All right, I'm done. I've said what I have to say. This Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin, we have Leo Terrell. And we have Speaker of the House McCarthy. And we're going to get into some other issues, big issues that affect the entirety of the nation and the future of the country. Uh, this spending thing is no joke. I do not think we should follow what Washington tells us to just... Uh, let me ask you this. If the economy collapses because the currency collapses, and by the way, it has happened to societies, what happens is the law of the jungle takes over, the government confiscates your property and your wealth through the banks, through your stocks, where they take whatever they can you saw what happened during the Depression. They immediately insisted that you turn in your gold. They created a whole bunch of regulations where they control your finances, not necessarily to protect you, but in order to monitor you and to take some of your wealth. Remember what happened? Was it Greece, Mr. Producer, or somewhere where people woke up? It was Greece, where the government took half of their savings. Without warning. Of course, they're not going to warn you because there'll be a run on the bank. They woke up and all of a sudden, if they had $2,000 in the bank, there was 1000 left. What happened? Oh, the government took it. What are you going to do about it? The people who are doing this to us today will not be remembered tomorrow. But the consequences of what they're doing, we're reaching a point where it can't be reversed, where it can't be fixed. The enormity of the debt cannot even be quantified in normal terms. 
And so you're kind of numbed by it. Uh, yeah, and I talk numbers. Come on. Everything's great. Where can I get a hamburger? So this stuff accumulates, it accumulates, it accumulates, and all of a sudden it blows up. And nothing is worth anything. Nothing is worth anything. And then watch the supply chain. There is none. The so-called Great Depression is a small example of that. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. They're hoping for a riot. That's why. I'm telling you, just reach, read the Chirons, listen to the coverage. They're like passive aggressive about it. They're kind of instigating it. Could come, you don't know. We're here just in case. We'll catch it and so forth. To what end? I mean, here people can't even blame race. To what end? Three weeks' time, the five officers are charged with second-degree murder and a whole list of other felonies. They could spend the rest of their lives in prison. So to what end? So they're covering it in other cities, too. We already know Antifa, which is why I hope the FBI is tracking these people down. Just lay off the, uh, the pro-lifers for a little bit. FBI. Lay off Donald Trump for a half hour. And go do your damn job. God, do I despise the corrupt aspects of our media. I won't be watching tonight. I can tell you that. Do something else. But I hope you will watch my show Sunday. 8 p.m. Eastern. Look, if you want to watch something else, there might even be a football game. I got it. Please set your DVR right now so you don't forget 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific this Sunday. We will have Leo Terrell, who's always great, and we will have the Speaker of the House, who's off to a tremendous start. And mostly, you'll have me. Ooh. We go to America every Friday in honor of you. Here we go.
folks, I had planned a completely different show for you tonight, but that's the way live radio is. And that's the way we work together. It's the way my mind goes. I hope you'll watch us 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, this Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin. It's going to be a great show. If you can't, please set your DVR tonight for Sunday night. The week is officially over. The weekend begins right now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, our truckers, and the men and women in Taiwan and Ukraine who wish to be free. Good night, Spritey and Griffey. Good night, Pepsi and Zelda. Good night, Smokey and Gigi. Boy, the list gets long. Good night, Indy and Patton. And good night, Rory and Barney and Marty. Good night, Dad. Good night, Mom. Good night, Leo. Good night, Joe. And good night, America. Be strong. Be strong.